the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, testing positive today as your guest host and also testing positive for a lot of caffeine this afternoon. Uh, But that's how I am some of the time in the afternoon. And, uh, you know, that's all right, I guess. Uh, Everything in moderation. So the good book says we are live in Southern California every every weekday from three to five all over Southern California, bringing to the table, you and I and everybody for some conversation and encouragement, some fun and uh, some building up one another so that together we are more effective witnesses of Jesus Christ. And for a lot of you telling you about Jesus Christ, I know that many of you are listening for one reason or another, and you're not too sure you have skepticism. Uh, you have some doubts. Maybe you're just uh, looking uh, for something. We're really glad that you're here. And you know, today being Friday means it's open phone Friday. So I've got some things to talk about, which I I will always do, but I will change the subject. I will change the subject for you. Anything you want to talk about at all, give me a call. The number is 888-LA-TALKS. That's 888-528-2557. And I encourage you to put that number right in your phone so that you can just say, hey, call call Southern California Live, and it'll call it. 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Of course, there's many things going on in the news today, and we'll talk about some of those things. And and uh, this week, and there's so much that was going on this week. We had so many calls. Maybe we will, in fact, we will revisit a couple of things as uh, they are still in our, on our minds. So it's up to you, though. Now, I'm the host. It's up to me if I want to talk about it. But I want to encourage you to uh, give me a call. I'm a pastor you got a question for a pastor, today's a good day. About the news, about coffee, I can probably answer some of those also. Uh, 888-LA-TALKS, that's 888-528-2557. You can also email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. That's a good idea if you're listening to the podcast and you can't really call in live. Well, you can just email SoCalLive at KKLA.com. So I hope that you have your coffee or whatever gives you some joy for the afternoon, that's that's mine. The brew of the believer, the juice of the joyful. Coffee, I believe, is a gift from God to be enjoyed. I still have not been able to find that in Scripture, but I'm just saying. Uh, for me, it is. And uh, maybe you got something else going on. Anyway, on your on your way home, your afternoon at the office, or maybe you're at home, I'm really glad that you're you're with us today. You know, this week one of the things that we talked about was how together here in Southern California. Even though we go to different congregations, we are one church. We are Jesus's church, and we want to celebrate together when there are things to celebrate. We also will mourn together when there are things to mourn. And uh, Tuesday afternoon, Pastor Ray Bentley of Maranatha Chapel went home to be with Jesus unexpectedly, and many of you uh, have called to share your thoughts about that, and many of you were touched by his ministry in Southern California, connected to his ministry at his church or through the radio stations, his programs, churches around the Southland where maybe he did some ministering, also in his own ministry uh, through his books and websites. And we're all mourning together as the body of Christ, um, but also celebrating and re- that he is with Jesus. And we talked about how we can genuinely say he's with Jesus, that we have the 
actual reason to say that because we have a risen Savior who defeated death. And so when we say he's with Jesus, and when we say we'll see him again, we can say that with confidence and with good reason because we believe that Jesus has defeated death and the proof is his resurrection. One of the uh, many people who have expressed their, their thoughts about uh, their relationship with Pastor Ray is Ann Graham Lotz. Ann Graham Lotz is Billy Graham's daughter and continues to have an amazing ministry calling on her own life. And I saw her tribute to Ray on her website, and uh, I asked if uh, she would like to be on our show and uh, say a few words about her relationship with uh, Pastor Ray Bentley. So live with us now on Southern California Live is Ann Graham Lotz. Ann, thank you for being with us. Scott, thank you. It's a very tender time. And Ray impacted uh, not just people in Southern California, but I'm over on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and his life has greatly impacted me. And, you know, you, you mentioned the fact that you know he's in heaven with Jesus. And one reason we know that, of course, is because Jesus is alive, but also because Ray personally put his faith in Jesus. And, and he was a little boy when he did that uh, in response to my father's ministry. So yeah, I saw that we, on your website. Yeah, so we just sort of have a common bond. He's like a, a real spiritual brother in Christ, and we share the same father in a sense, and a heavenly father, but also earthly father. So he was very precious to me in many, many ways. How did you get to know uh, Ray, uh, other than uh, that you know, time? Did you know him as a kid? Him, I or uh... I remember his wife, Vicki. Yeah, his wife, Vicki, was um, uh, my friend first. I think she chaired, or she was the office manager for I Just Give Me Jesus Revival at the San Diego Sports Arena. And then I uh, went back and she did a uh, chaired a seminar when I went back and taught. And somewhere in there, I got to know Ray. But it, it wasn't until the last, I'd say, 10 or 12 years that um, we've become really uh, deep friends. And I think I think one of the bonds that we had was our view of prophecy. And mm. I've felt, and I, and I can go into it, Scott, if you want, but um, yeah, go ahead. I believe if I live out my... Well, okay, Jesus gave us signs in Matthew 24 that tell us uh, how we'll know when we've come to the end of human history as we know it. Well, there are signs that indicate the last generation. Two of those signs, one is that the gospel will be preached to the whole world, and Jesus said in verse 14 of Matthew 24, then the end would come. And uh, and the gospel right now is being preached to the whole world. It doesn't mean the whole world can hear it um, in their first language, but maybe their second language, or maybe a printed material, the web, internet, um, missionaries that go, you know, it's... So right, right now the gospel is being preached to the whole world. And then the second, one of the second positive signs he gave was in verses 32 to 34 when he, he gave the parable of the fig tree. And the fig tree represents Israel in Scripture, and then two days before he'd, he'd used that reference. And, and he said when it's dormant, uh, when you see it begin to put forth buds and leaves, then you'll know that, that the generation that sees that is the last. And... And so Israel had been dormant until May uh, 1948, and on May 14th, she was declared a nation in the family of nations um, by the United Nations. The United States was the first to recognize her as such. So on May 14, 1948, she was reborn. The, the fig tree put forth fruit and leaves for the first time in almost 2,000 years, and it, yeah. it was a phenomenon, something that people today, if you if that was before your generation, you don't realize the um, supernatural miracle that was when an, descendants of an ancient people go back to an ancient homeland, speaking the ancient language, and being reborn in uh, a modern nation. So, other than, so other that, than with Israel, that's important. Yeah. 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, the reason that's important to me, I was born May 21st, 1948. So I believe if I live out my natural lifetime, I will live to see the return of Jesus Christ. I believe my lifetime is the last generation of human history. And Ray, as we've talked, he he began to see this in ways that um, were much more detailed than me, much more... Um, theological than me. I, I just, you know, I read scripture and I apply it and I live by it and, and that's how God speaks to me. But he he connected dots that were um, phenomenal. And so he he led me and taught me in prophecy in a, an incredible way, but we were in sync. You know, we saw it yeah. the same way. And then it was um, in 19, excuse me, 2018, I was diagnosed with cancer and then went through, um, you know, all the follow-up stuff and couldn't go to church because of the the hit my autoimmune system took. So I started watching him online, and then COVID hit in 2019, and I still couldn't go back to church because around here they close. Right. And so I started, uh, you know, I kept going to his church online, and then one day I just asked him, I said, Ray, you know, would you consider taking me um, into the Fellowship of Maranatha? And he took two weeks to pray about about it, and then he said he would, and he called his no leadership together. I called my family together, so over Zoom, I shared my testimony and why I felt God would uh, cause me to, you know, ask for this to be a member of Maranatha. And they took me in officially um, to the membership of Maranatha, and so um, so he's my pastor. And mm. every two weeks, just about, sometimes more often, he'd call me to see how I was doing, and then just pray over me. I, I regret that I didn't record his prayers because they were, mm. um, you just feel the balm of Gilead come over you. You're just a <laughs> precious man of God who, who saw into me. He wasn't threatened by me. He wasn't afraid of me. He wasn't uh, resentful of me. He, he didn't hold it against me that I was a, you know, that I'm a woman, but also a preacher. In fact, once a year, he has me come to Maranatha and, um, and preach from his pulpit, either as a you know, somebody in the conference, but the last time was all three services, Saturday night and twice on Sunday morning. And yeah. um, so I felt his complete support, encouragement, affirmation, um, really a very precious man of God. So um, so like those who know him and love him, and uh, my heart just goes out to the Maranatha family, uh, which is my family, and to um, his family, which I also consider my family. His wife, Vicki, is one of my most precious friends, if not my dearest friend outside of my own family. And um, and if I feel devastated, if I'm walking around in shock, you know, yeah. then um, I, I just can't imagine what they're going through. So um, so this is a tough time, but I do have a word from the Lord, Scott. If I, I don't know how much time you have for me on the radio, but I would well, like to share yeah, with you what I, the insight I believe God has given me. Yeah. Can I do that? Yes, please do. Yes, okay, and this is, I'll, I'll tell you that Vicki, um, I talked to her on Wednesday, and she said somebody had whispered this verse to her, and um, and so I'm going to, I'm not whispering it, I'm going to say it out loud, I'm going to tell you what it is, and I'm going to tell you what I believe it means, um, and it and when I, when I heard the Lord speaking to me through this verse, it totally changed my attitude about Ray's home going. And that's what I want to say to the people listening. I want you to listen up. If you forget everything else I said, I want you to hear this, because it's Isaiah 57, verse 1. And this is the Lord saying, The righteous perish, and no one ponders it in his heart. Devout men are taken away, and no one understands that the righteous are taken away to be spared from evil. And so just mm. breaking that down... The righteous, but nobody, 
you know, questions the fact that Ray was a righteous man. But we need to think about what his death means. You know, is, is there a significance to his death more than just, uh, you know, dying? It, is there something else that we're supposed to see? And, and the Scripture says no one understands the righteous are taken away to be spared from evil. And we know he's taken away and he's spared from the evil that's in our world right now. But what, what my thought is that Ray's life in, in the last few years, his, his ministry, his writing, his podcasts, his messages, uh, the novels that he's written are all wrapped around prophecy. His whole life was wrapped around prophecy. And could his death be a prophetic sign? Is God saying to us, to the church, through the death of Ray Bentley, that, and, and his death came in a nanosecond. One, one moment yep. he was well, the next moment he was with Jesus. And, and is God saying that Jesus is coming, and he's going to come in a nanosecond, and we're going to be caught up to be with him, and we're going to escape the evil that is not only in the world now, but is going to just burst out during the tribulation like hell on earth. And I believe the message of Ray Bentley's death is this, that it's time for the church to wake up and to clean up and to get ready because Jesus is coming and he's going to come suddenly. He said he would. Suddenly, you know, that means quickly, just, right. just in a second of time, there'll be no time to prepare, to get ready, to clean up. You know, it's, we need to do that now. And then the burden on my heart is to share the gospel with as many people as I can so that when the moment comes for Jesus to come back, they also will be taken up to be with him in heaven. So I believe that's uh, it's Isaiah 57, verse 1, if there are uh, those who miss that. But it's um, I believe it's God's word, at least to comfort me, that there's more to raise death. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't a mistake. Mm-hmm. God wasn't asleep. <laughs> God, right. I believe God called him home to use him as a sign that um, it's time for the church to get ready. You know, I think there are many things that, I think you're exactly right, that it's time for the church to get ready. I appreciate that uh, word very much. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, the guest host. Our guest is Ann Graham Lotz. And uh, we're talking about her, her friend and many of your friend, uh, Pastor Ray, uh, who passed away uh, this week, Ray, Ray Bentley. You know, you mentioned the, uh, the Israel in 1948. I didn't realize how close your, your birthday was to that. I do a whole series on actually the, the miraculous relationship, I don't know if you know about this, between Harry Truman, who recognized yeah. Israel, even though he had yeah. so much, his relationship with his best friend, whose name was Eddie Jacobson, who was Jewish. And it was Eddie Jacobson that he went into the clothing business in. It went out of business in a recession in the 20s. But they kept in touch throughout their whole life, and Eddie Jacobson would come to the White House, and when Harry Truman, who should not have been president from any rational way of looking at it, when Harry Truman was being approached by Zionists to to recognize Israel, he was saying no, the Democrats were saying no, the Republicans were saying no, everybody was saying no. Eddie Jacobson came to his office and pleaded with him to do it, and he changed his mind. And I think it's remarkable how God does that. And, you know, I think in the scheme of things, the reason for each leader, the Bible tells us that God picks our leaders. There's a reason, good or bad, you know, for them. Harry Truman was there with that relationship to do just that. And it's miraculous that Israel is a country, the only country it that is. has come and, back from that. And Ray would be that. the first to tell you that, you know, God blesses those who bless Israel. Yes. And so God has blessed America. And I think one primary reason is because we've been a friend to Israel. And yep. you just described an incredible test of that friendship, and we passed that test. So um, so we need to remember that in these dark, evil days, 
that yes. we can't abandon Israel. You know, that no. um, if we want the blessing of God on our nation, then yep. we need to stand by her. I think when you look a lot at things in our history, um, you find that maybe the reason we exist is that very reason for Israel. Yes, um, I, I absolutely to, believe yeah. that. And I think Ray is one person that helped open my eyes to that. I hadn't seen it. I hadn't gone that far back. You know, but the fact that we were founded and really became a covenant nation when George Washington knelt, you know, when he was inaugurated and dedicated our nation to the glory of God. And, and I believe God has made us strong to the point that when Israel became a nation, we could stand by her and make a difference in her survival. And I believe right. that's still true today. So, that's right. um so it's you know, important I, to stand with her. And, go ahead. Um, no, I no, think it's just, that it's just important to stand with her and not to abandon um, this, per, this this nation that uh, God has not only blessed us as a result of, but we need to be a blessing to her. Yes, I agree. You know, you're talking about the church waking up, and uh, something that was encouraging that we talked about this week was, uh, you know, you version they put out the your, their digital app, the Bible, and because of the digital Bibles that are out there, these companies can actually tell us what people are looking for, what they're looking up. And an interesting thing is that in 2020, most of the verses people were looking up had to do with fear and how do we get through fear. But last year's number one verse was Matthew 6, 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. I was encouraged by that, that that's what people are looking up. And when you go through some of the other verses, people, and I think the Holy Spirit is working in our churches to wake us up and point us to what our purpose is. And we've been distracted by so many things in recent years. What would you say is the most important thing for the church to do right now? And it's time where we need to wake up to our calling, our purpose. You know, Scott, I believe the primary uh, calls of the church right now is to fall on our face in repentance. Mm. And, um, you know, we quote that verse, Second Chronicles seven fourteen, that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from our wicked ways. You know, we keep pointing our finger at, um, you know, other people when, when God is looking at us and calling on his people, the church, to repent of our wicked ways. And then he says, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive your sin, and I will heal your land. And, um, and I feel like the church... And, and there are churches that are waking up. You're exactly right. And mm-hmm. Ray Bentley's church is one that's alive. They're they're wide awake. But there are many churches, many, many more churches that are asleep. In fact, I talked with a woman yesterday. She's just so discouraged because her, her church is sound asleep. They have no idea what time it is. They have no idea what their call of God is in their lives. And um, so it's. I, I just believe that we need to repent. And, and if I can just say, Scott, that those who are listening, you know, God is, um, uh, he forgives us. He is a God of great mercy and compassion. But we need to come to him and tell him we're sorry for our sin, whether you've ever done that before or you've never done that before. That's right. You just come to him and, and put your faith in Jesus. Jesus is God's atoning sacrifice for your sin and my sin. If, if no one needed a Savior, he would have come just for Anne. You know, and so I put mm-hmm. my trust in Jesus and ask God to forgive me, to cleanse me of my sin with his blood. And then I, I believe Jesus rose from the dead, as you said at the beginning of this conversation, that Jesus is alive, he's up in heaven, and he's offered me eternal life. And so I, I, I receive the eternal life that he's offered, which means a right relationship with God now, but also heaven when I die. And then I open my, my, up my heart and invite Jesus to come in as my Lord, not just my Savior, but as my Lord, so that I, I choose from 
that moment forward to, to follow him, as Ray would say, all the way to heaven. Right. And, um, and, and right now, Ray has followed him all the way to heaven. Nothing is more important right now for Ray Bentley than the fact that when he was a little boy, he put his trust in Jesus as his Savior and then as his Lord. So, so that moment is coming for all of us. If I'm wrong and I don't live to the rapture, if Jesus comes for me in death, which is very possible because of so many health issues and what's going on, then, then I'm not worried. I'm not afraid to die because I know at that moment I'm, my faith is going to become sight and I'm going to see his face um, because I've put my trust in Jesus, not because of anything I've done. You know, you, you can do many bad things, and I'm sure there are people listening who think God could never forgive them. Yes, he can. That's why he sent Jesus. Some people think they're so good they don't need a Savior. Yes, you do, <laughs> because nobody could do enough enough good things, do them perfectly enough to please a holy God. You know, we all need a Savior, and that's who that's Jesus right. is. And um, and he's come that, that we might have life and have it more abundantly to offer us forgiveness and a heavenly home. So I know that I'll see Ray Bentley again, just like I know I'll see my husband, I'll see my father, I'll see my mother. I've got a whole welcoming committee waiting for me up there. <laughs> yes, you do. So I look forward to the day when my faith becomes sight. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for that word. You know, and if you're listening right now and that's resonating with you, uh, don't wait to follow up. Don't leave this moment. You can call me right now at 888-528-2557. You can email it at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. You can reach out to uh, Ann Graham Lotz at her website, which is uh, angelministries.org. Is that the best one for it? Easiest one, AnnGramLotz.org. AnnGramLotz.org. Yeah. There's information on there also about how to be saved. Don't wait. You have no idea just uh, you know when uh, the Lord is coming for you, and you want to make sure that you know him. Uh, and we can help you do that. And how is your health? How are you doing? You know, I'm I'm doing well. I I feel like my age is caught up to me, so I don't move quite as quickly. I don't think quite as alertly, but um, but I'm doing well. And the ministry is just going full steam. It's amazing. Um, you know what Zoom and videos have done. They've just opened up the world in a way. That's right. And, it's amazing. Um, so I'm not traveling as much, which I'm very grateful for because that's difficult right now. But but um, but I will be out for Ray's service. I can tell you, if, if I, you know, God willing, I want to come out to the church when yeah. they have the memorial service. Um, but I, but I'm writing and just have come out with a book with my daughter, uh, Rachel Ruth, called Jesus Followers, and it's real life lessons to ignite faith in the next generation. Because I think we're losing the next generation, and one reason is because parents within the home aren't living out an authentic faith. You know, and mm-hmm. I know. I know there's social media, I know there's huge pressures and temptations, so I'm not blaming parents when the children, you know, stray from God, but but I'm just saying I think we've, we've somehow dropped the ball, and we're not um, passing on truth that leads to genuine faith uh, to our children and our grandchildren. So we've written a book together that's, that's delightful. My, my daughter wrote stories that flesh out to the main points, and... Um, and it's done really well. So that's we've, we've done that. We're getting ready to write another book together. So busy, busy time. But but I want to be about the Lord's business. I feel like time is short, and when I see him face-to-face, Scott, I don't want to have any regrets. You that's know, right. I want to live my life all out so that when I see him, uh, and I, I know I'll have some regrets. We all will. But, right. but for the main 
you know, purpose of my life and the direction and the things I've given priority to, I, I don't want any regrets. So yes, and, and it's we can a have busy confidence. time, and I believe people need Jesus. They need yeah, peace they in their hearts. They need joy that's not related to circumstances. They need the hope that the future is going to be wonderful, and it is going to be for the child of God. You know, the best is yet to come. Yes, it is. That book is called Jesus Followers, and people can get it on your website, Ann Graham Lotz, that's L-O-T-Z dot org. They can get and, it anywhere. So and it, they can get it anywhere, it's there, it's anywhere, Amazon, anywhere yeah. else. All right. Yeah. And uh, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate uh, your time you, and everything that you have shared. It's a blessing to everybody listening. I know that and such an encouragement. Um, and uh, can I pray for you? And then uh, we'll let you go. Thank you so much, God. Yes. Yeah. God, thank you for Ann Graham Lotz. Thank you, Lord, for her ministry. And I thank you for her relationship with Ray Bentley and how you orchestrated that and how she's even a member of his church. I thank you, God, that Ray has been her pastor, that she is not somebody with, without care, somebody caring for her in the church, um, that you have sent, had sent Ray into her family's life to comfort her in even her time of sickness. We're grateful that she is doing well, in spite of age, I pray that you would preserve her until you're coming, if that is your will. But we're grateful that she uh, knows you and will stand before you and uh, um, not have to worry about those regrets and just will enjoy uh, your grace and your love. And for anybody listening right now who is unsure of that, I pray that you would move their heart to speak to us, speak to somebody today, and follow up on the call of God on their heart. Thank you for, and we pray for the Bentley family and all they're going through as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Scott. And I continue to pray for those people in Southern California, Maranatha, and Vicki yeah. and that precious family. So I'm yes. right there with you in spirit. Thank you very much, Ann, for being with us today Thank in you. Southern God California Live. God bless you. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host. The number is 888-528-2557. I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host. Great to be with you today. And it is Open Phone Friday. You can give me a call about anything that's on your mind, 888-528-2557. So any topic at all that you want to give me a call about, we can talk about it today, 888-528-2557. That's 888-LA-TALKS. And uh, so give me a call about anything. In the first segment, our guest was uh, Ann Graham Lotz. And uh, I got to tell you something, the boldness from her, as well as her other family members about the gospel is incredible. And it is so well focused on Christ and uh, what he's doing. And they're the real deal. Um, They really, really are. And I think she's right. The church needs to wake up. This is the time. And many churches are. You know, I think that's something that is definitely happening. But some of us, we were kind of asleep in the church. I had somebody uh, who was in her 90s one time. I can't remember if I've told you this story before, but she asked me in her 90s. Now, this person had been in church her whole life since she was a little kid, okay? She has been in church her entire life. In her old enough to remember years, had heard over 80 Easter sermons, probably never missed an Easter She probably never missed a Christmas Eve service. She rarely missed a Sunday. And in her 90s, she asked me to explain the gospel and why we should believe it. And she was very serious. 
And I said, you've been in church all these years. You don't know and understand the gospel. And she didn't really understand it. And I was able to share it with her. And she listened very carefully. And I believe on that day, she received Christ. She understood the gospel. She was emotional at hearing it. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm telling that story because I want you to know that if you are just religious and you go to church and you sit in the, the chair or the pew and you enjoy the music and you enjoy the fellowship, you enjoy the, the dinner afterward and all of that, those things, they don't make you a Christian. They don't make you saved. You cannot stand, when you stand in front of Jesus, if he says, why should I let you in here? And you say, because I went to church every Sunday, it's not the right answer. The right answer is because there is to say, I don't deserve it, but you died for my sins, Jesus, and you lived the perfect life that I can't live, but I get credit for it according to your your word. And I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again on the third day. And uh, you will get into heaven by grace. Uh, that's what that's about. She quoted uh, Isaiah 57, one great verse, the righteous perish and no one takes it to heart. The devout are taken away and no one understands that the righteous are taken away to be spared from evil. You know, the next verse is uh, those who walk uprightly enter into peace. They, uh, they find rest as they lie in death. So much fear of death, fear of so many things today in the world. We don't have to as believers either. We don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear standing in front of our creator, the King of Kings, because we know that he has welcomed us into his family, that we are his children if you've put your faith in him. Uh, Don't doubt that. And, you know, she talked about prophecy coming true and what's happening now. I think most of, uh, I get this conversation so much. In fact, on my my regular show, I'm going through the book of Revelation verse by verse because we say a lot of stuff that uh, we don't really know. Uh, And that that book is there to give us comfort, um, but also to tell us what's coming to tell us that Jesus is going to finish the story, that he is coming back. And this time when he comes back, he is coming back to to rule uh, and to judge. And there's a lot of heaviness in that book. But if you go through and you read it, and then you turn on the news today and you start to study things, I promise you it's going to impact your life. Even the parts of that book that you may not understand that seem really odd and prophetic language, the bulk of that story, you're going to understand it, the bulk of what you read there. And uh, certainly we're on our, our way there. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host. Give me a call with anything that's on your mind. It's open line Friday, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. You know, she mentioned uh, Israel and um, what a miracle that is. Israel is the only country that at some point got wiped out off the face of the earth that was later on regathered. Do you know that? And uh, it's happened a couple of times in history. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, why does Israel even matter? Why do we care? Why is Israel a part of our politics? Why is Israel a part of the politics around the world? Why, you know, what do they give us really, this little country in the Middle East with relatively good weather, you know, and they can grow some stuff. They uh, they have a diamond industry. Um, but other than that, what is it? And I'm telling you, don't doubt Israel is there because it is the place uh, where everything will come to fruition, where Jesus Christ will land one day when he comes back. Uh, everything comes right back to Israel. 888-528-2557 is the number. I was telling a story, uh, I mentioned the story of uh, President Harry Truman. I like stories about 
Um, presidents, I'm a historian. That's what my degree actually is in, my undergraduate degree, and I focused on the U.S. history. Um, and I like to ask myself when I think of leaders here and around the world, why? why? From a spiritual standpoint, why is that person president? What is God doing? Uh, I think that you'll you'll find scripturally that uh, ultimately God picks the the rulers, okay? Whatever you think, you know, it's one of the reasons I don't really like the whole idea when people say, you know, Biden's not my president or Trump's not my president or Obama's not my president or Bush is not my president. Actually, they're all your president. And all of them, whatever happened in the election cycle, all of them were voted on by God for one reason or another. That does not mean that God agrees with all of their policies. It does not mean that they are a president because God wants them to succeed at, uh, you know, whatever policy they want to bring to the table. But God is doing something throughout world history to bring glory to himself, to bring us to a point where time will eventually be up with respect to accepting the Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, we shouldn't, we, we, we really need to take that seriously when we think about our leaders and how we treat them. It's one of the reasons that we, we want to pray for them. One of my favorite uh, verses in the Bible comes from the book of Daniel, chapter 4, verse 17. And it's in a conversation that uh, Daniel is interpreting a dream of Nebuchadnezzar. It says, The decision is announced by messengers. The holy ones declare the verdict so that the living may know. That's us, by the way. We're the living. Uh, So that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets them over the lowliest of people. Uh, This is what God is doing. Uh, This is why we pray for our leaders. We pray for them because, A, God told us to pray for them, B, because he put them in there. And praying for them, once again, isn't praying that they're successful in all they do, but we can pray that they change their mind. We can pray that they turn to wisdom from God. We can pray all those prayers. But we pray also so that we're able and free to share the gospel with one another so that we aren't distracted by so much turmoil and other things. There's lots of reasons to do that. Anyway, I'll get back to that story if we have time, but uh, I'll take your calls uh, as soon as we get back from the break here, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. I'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow here with you today as your guest host. It's great to be with you, as it always is. It's been fun to be here with you all week. It's Open Line Friday, 888-528-2557. Any question that's on your mind, give me a call. Let me go to the phones here. Edward in Inglewood. Edward, thanks for calling Southern California Live. How you doing, Edward? Hey, I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. What's on your mind? You know what? I need a little bit of clarity. You know, you could always uh, read something in the Word, and you could always get a different uh, perspective. So I, I, I like the fact you guys have this open line on Friday. Yeah. And my question is, in the book of Genesis, after the curse with Adam and Eve, yep. somewhere around 3, 16 through 19, uh, and I just need more clarity uh, on we focus on the curse where Eve was cursed with the childbearing. One of the curses was the childbearing uh, situation with the pain and childbearing. Yeah. My question is when it comes to the, the, the statement or the, I guess the curse of you will desire after your husband, but he'll rule over you. 
could do you have any clarity on that for me? I'm a little bit uh not clear on that. Yeah, uh Genesis three where the uh the curse happens. Um and uh let's see here. The serpent, uh, she blames the serpent for, for eating, and uh, uh, to the woman he said in 3.16, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing, and pain you will bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. You know, that's one of the uh, passages that gets studied a lot, and people have thought different things over it. Um, what I think we should be careful about um, and we always should interpret Scripture throughout all of Scripture because Scripture will interpret itself uh, when you give it time. And this is not a license for husbands to abuse or um, you know, be kind of the Lord Master of the universe over their wife. When we get to the New Testament, you have to remember that um, the husband is the head of the household, but his role is to be like Jesus on the cross to his wife, to give up himself for her. Does that make sense? As, as it's explained in Ephesians 5, I want to say 31. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah. Yes. You know, and so I would say one of the first dangers for this verse is you should not take this verse as some reason to be an overbearing or abusing husband. Um, I would say that that's one of the things that comes to mind a lot. There's a lot of conversation today about uh, the role of men and women in church, of course. Um, yes. And in, in some ways, it's, it's another uh, distraction that we have because... Uh, I wonder if Jesus were to come and sit on our stage in our church and tell us exactly what these things mean, if the next thing he would say is, and now we've explained all that, get back on the mission of uh, making disciples. Uh, yes. Husbands, love your wives as Jesus yep. loves the church. Yes. Um, so one of the approaches that I have with these kinds of things is what is the practical result of our doctrinal understanding of things. You could look at this verse and, and say, your desire shall be contrary to your husband. Maybe there's a, a reason there that as men and women, we often don't understand each other. Um, and, you know, it's different. When I, when I do a wedding uh, and I go and I talk to the groomsmen before the, the wedding, who are backstage usually, you know, they're saying things to the groom like, I can't believe she would marry a fat pig like you. You know, and they're playing games with each other and punching each other in the arm. And it feels good, right? That's a compliment to the groom. But when I go see the bridesmaids, if they say to the bride, I can't believe he would marry a fat pig like you. Well, there would be tears and a fight and it would be a disaster. You know, men and women are different. We just are. And we li we're living in a time right now where we're trying to say they're not, uh, which, is, which doesn't make any sense. So, you know, I would look at this and go part of the, the curse that we're dealing with, which has to do with, Work not always being pleasurable. Um, you know, work is exists before the curse. So work is something that's meant to be holy and right and enjoyable. Um, but the curse is is that we're going to have to farm the ground. That we're going to have to do other things. The curse here for women is pain and childbearing, and your desires to be contrary to your husband. There's different ways to look at it, but and I'm not sure maybe what if that's kind of the heart of what you're getting at. But I would say we should never use scriptures like this to give us some kind of license to sin against somebody else. And for men, whatever your thought is about the role of men and women, what I like to say to men is, what are you doing in the church actually? Are you teaching? Are you studying the Word? Are you serving your wife? You know, Because I'll tell you what, as, as liberated as your wife might be, um, I've never met a woman who says, I'm glad that I'm married to a wimp. 
Never met that woman. She wants to be married to somebody who uh, serves her, who hangs on a cross, and uh, for her, and that's a good place for guys to be. I don't know. Does that help you, Edward? That that helps, but can I add just one more quick uh, point to that as well? Yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll be brief. So, so prior to that, it would appear that uh, husband and wife were walking as one, but then after the curse, it was kind of like, you know, there was some back and forth. And I fully agree with you. A husband should never be harsh to his wife. Uh, you know, so, so that's the first relationship, men and, you know, where we are with Christ and a woman and where she is with Christ. But it, it just seems like the there's a before the curse uh, behavior and there's an after the curse behavior. And I understand sin, nature came into the world. I understand that part. But that it's just been a curiosity of mine. Like, you know, and, and when we do have a wife that understands her role as well as a husband who understands his role, there seems to be harmony. So in today's society, of course, that's not really the popular thing. It's like, oh, I, I love you. You love me. Okay, yeah, let's go. But yeah. I don't believe that, that was necessarily uh, God's plan versus we, there's work that we were, you know, created to do. With, yeah. you know, move his hands here on earth, but together, not, none above each other. But a man can't get a woman's perspective, and a woman can't get a man's perspective. We can do a pretty good job guessing, but at the end of the day, that's going to be a separate perspective and how the Holy Spirit's going to deal with us and how, you know. So, yeah, okay. So, well, and yeah. what I'm going to get to with the, the different uh, ways that we're built is the woman's yeah. role is what? To treat uh, the husband. Uh, as uh, the church treats Christ, right? Well, that doesn't mean that Absolutely. that the husband is sinless. But what does the church do with Christ? Praises Christ. That's one thing. And I'll tell you what: in marriages where the husband lays his life down for the wife, and he builds her up, yeah. and he makes sure that you know this is you know he opens the door for her, and he's a gentleman, all that stuff. He builds her up in in conversation with his buddies everywhere else. But she also praises him. I mean, what do we need as guys from our wives most of the time? You know, what we need is that we need a gold star. Honey, yes, yes. thank we, honey, thank you for doing that. We just we need that. I don't need a gift. I need to know that uh, you know my wife loves me because I got the trash out on time, and yes. uh, those kinds of things. There's a there's a rhythm to that in marriage that isn't about being unequal. Uh, yes. It's about being true to who we are. Thank you so much. I, that that gives me a, some more clarity and kind of confirms what I've been feeling in my spirit, but always been interested on that. I thank you so much for your time. I thank God for this program and continue to do what you do. Now, thank you, Edward. Thank you for listening. Really glad that you are a listener of Southern California Live. Good to hear from you. Thanks for calling. Everybody, we're doing Open Phone Friday. You can talk about anything you want. 888-552-TALKS, 888-528-2557 is the number. We're going to continue for another hour in just a minute. Uh, and we'll talk about some different subjects as they come up, but I will change the subject for whatever you have on your mind. 888-528-2557, that is our number. Maybe when we get back in the next hour, uh, if we have time, I'll share that story with you that I was talking about with uh, uh, President Truman and uh, his friend that we got into this hour, but I can also save it for another day. Uh, it's one of my my favorite stories. There are a lot of things going on in uh, the news today. Um, the number again is 888-528-2557. And I want to let you know a lot of you listen on the uh, podcast. If you would like to get this hour of the program, 
Go to kkla.com and look for Southern California Live, also kprz.com if you're in the San Diego area, and look for Southern California Live. The podcast is there. Usually it's up to date uh, within uh, not too long after the show. So if you miss something this hour, if you want to get the interview we had with Ann Graham Lotz or anything else that we've talked about, uh, it will be available on the podcast. You can subscribe to that podcast as well out there and always be a part of the show. And uh, for those of you who are listening and don't feel like you can call in, or if you're listening later on that podcast, you can also email me at any time now at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. SoCalLive at KKLA.com. All right. Well, as we go here, I'll get your calls in the next, uh, the next segment. Um, just another thought about Edward's call there. You know, we can get into lots of different things with Scripture and different things that we debate about. Always look, my friends, to the practical outcome of what those things are. Like what really happens? Um, and do the role that's clear, clearly laid out for you. We so often, like even with the men and women debate, we point to the other person and say, well, you're the woman, you need to be doing this, and, and you're the man, you need to be doing this and this and that. Point to yourself first and do what the Scriptures tell you to do and worry mostly about whether or not you think you're doing what the Scriptures tell you to do. And I promise you that's going to help you be a better husband or a better wife. It's going to help you be uh, a better child, a better employer, a better coworker, a better whatever it is God has called you to be. Uh, follow Jesus practically speaking with what you're doing. Make your doctrine actually fit the rest of Scripture and who we're called to be. All right, you're listening to Southern California Live. I'm your guest host, Scott Furrow. It's Open Line Friday. The number is 888-528-2557. We'll be back in a few minutes. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 